Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Hello and welcome to worship. It's good to be with you. If I've not met you before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your first time to tune in with us uh, at Kindred and you're just sort of scoping us out, I'm very glad that you're here. If you're a longtime Kindred member uh, or you're somewhere between longtime member and first time uh, visitor, wherever you're at, it's good to be with you today. Uh, Well, last week we started a new sermon series called Plot Twist. Uh, We're spending some time looking at several passages in the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation sometimes gets a a bad rap, and that's mostly because uh, some people have tried to interpret it very literally, even though Revelation itself tells us not to try to interpret it very literally. Uh, But Revelation is a really, really important book because uh, it's a book that was written for people who feel like evil is winning. And as we talked about last week, all of us go through times when we look around at the world and we look at our lives and it just feels like evil is winning. Revelation speaks to that experience and it gives us some guidance about how we can stay hopeful and how we can stay full of faith, uh, even through times when we're just kind of overwhelmed by all of the things uh, that, that just aren't the way that they should be. So I'm excited to to continue the series with you today. Uh, We're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 5, and this is verses 11 through 14. And it says this, Then I looked, and I heard the sound of many angels surrounding the throne, the living creatures and the elders. They numbered in the millions, thousands upon thousands. And they said in a loud voice, Worthy is the slaughtered lamb to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor, glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. I heard everything everywhere say, Blessing, honor, glory and power belong to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb forever and always. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, here's a, a question uh, for you to think about as we, uh, as we start off here. Uh, when you encounter evil, whether it's some evil that you witness in the world, whether it's some evil that, that is uh, affecting you in, in your own life, when you encounter evil, uh, what tends to be your primary response? Uh, The reason I ask that question is I want us to think today about something that I think is often missing as we respond to to evil. Uh, It seems to me that most of us respond to evil in one of two ways. Uh, Some of us are what I would call uh, determination people, and others of us are what I would call distraction people. So uh, let me tell you what I mean by that, and you can try to figure out if you are more of a determination person or more of a distraction person, uh, or maybe you're somebody who kind of flip-flops back and forth uh, between the two. Uh, So determination people. There there are uh, some of us who, when we encounter some kind of evil, uh, our primary response is to say, oh heck no, and to roll up our sleeves and get ready to work because we get determined to defeat that evil. 
right? Uh, we saw this response uh, a lot in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd uh, a couple of years ago. You know, the, the murder of George Floyd was this uh, horrific instance of racism uh, that, uh, that, that reminded all of us uh, that, that racism is so alive and, and well in our society. And in response to that, I know a whole lot of us said, oh, heck no, right? And we, we rolled up our sleeves and we said, we're, we're ready to, to work. And uh, I know many of us uh, participated in marches and, and, and protests. I know a lot of white folks like myself, uh, we, we tried to educate ourselves on systemic racism and we tried to identify some of our own blind spots and to, to try to be honest with ourselves about some of the ways that, that we were perpetuating uh, racism in, in our society. We, we encountered this evil and our response was to, to get determined to defeat that evil. And in so many ways, in so many ways, that response of determination, uh, that is exactly right. I mean, especially for us as Christians, you know, it's, it's part of our baptismal vow that we say, as long as we're going to be followers of Jesus for the rest of our lives, we, we say we will resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. And part of the reason we make that vow is because that's something that we see Jesus doing. I mean, throughout his ministry, uh, Jesus resisted evil. He, he showed a lot of determination in the face of evil. He showed us that God's not okay with evil and we shouldn't be either. So determination can be a very good response. However, however, if determination is our only response in the face of evil, then something is missing. Something is missing because uh, we, we can get to this place where we realize that no matter how hard we work and no matter how determined we are, uh, we, we, we just can't defeat all the evil all by ourselves. You know, we, we work and we work and uh, we, we, we educate ourselves and, and we advocate and, and we vote, but, but then we, we look around and things like racism are, are still a reality. You know, and, and even if we were able to eradicate all of the, the racism, there's still so many other forms of, of evil that still need to be uh, eradicated, right? And it'd be kind of overwhelming to, to, to think about. Uh, so determination is a good response to evil, but if it's the only response, it can lead us to this place of despair where we, we realize that we just can't defeat all the evil all by ourselves. So that brings me to the, the second way that I think many of us tend to, to respond to evil, and that is through distraction. There are, there are some of us that when we encounter evil, instead of getting all determined uh, about it, uh, we, we say, look, I, I know that I can't defeat all the evil, okay? I know I can't solve all the world's problems. I can't even solve all of my own problems. And so instead of getting all determined uh, about it, uh, we instead opt for distractions, you know, whether that's through Netflix or social media or video games or, or whatever. We, we find some ways to avoid thinking about it. We find some ways to, to still feel good despite the, the evil that we have encountered. Some of us opt for distraction. Now, in my experience, uh, determination people tend to look down on distraction People. And in fact, uh, if you find yourself judging distraction people as I'm describing them to you, you might be a determination person. Uh, and the reason for that is that determination people uh, tend to think that distraction people are part of the problem. 
that even if they're not actively perpetuating evil, they're also not helping in the fight against evil, and so therefore they're part of the problem. Uh, but I think a lot of times distraction people used to be determination people, but they, they kept winding up in this place of despair when they realized they couldn't defeat all the evil, and so they just started opting for distraction instead of determination. And I, I think it's important to point out, uh, d distraction is not a bad response to evil. There, there's a place for that. You know, even Jesus made room for distraction. I mean, yes, Jesus was often resisting evil, no, no question, but Jesus also intentionally made time to have a good time. Jesus made time to have a good time. I mean, for example, Jesus was often going to parties. And when Jesus would go to parties, he wasn't just hanging out in the corner judging people. He was part of the party. He was socializing. He was laughing. He was enjoying himself. You know, what was Jesus' first miracle? Do you remember? Uh, he was at a wedding reception. It was this great party. Uh, everybody was having a good time. Then they ran out of wine, so they were getting ready to send everybody home. But apparently, Jesus was enjoying himself. He didn't want the party to stop, so he miraculously turned a bunch of water into wine to, to keep the party going. So distraction is, is not a bad response to evil. Uh, however, if distraction is our only response to evil, then just like with determination, something is missing. Something is missing. I mean, for one thing, as we've already said, as Christians, we, we've got this call to resist evil. And so if all we're doing is distracting ourselves, we can't resist something that we're, that we're ignoring, right? Uh, and for another thing, it's actually impossible to stay distracted all the time. If we try to, to stay distracted from evil, then we can take things like uh, Netflix and, and social media and video games and, and all of that, and instead of just doing those things in healthy ways, we can start binging those things in, in unhealthy ways to, to try to stay distracted. Or we can turn to even more powerful things, you know, things like sex, things like alcohol, things that are not harmful in themselves, but they can quickly become harmful if we're abusing them in an attempt to stay distracted. So distraction is a good response to evil. There's a place uh, for, for that. But if it's our only response to evil, then something is missing. Something is missing. So what is missing? What is missing? If determination people shouldn't expect to overcome all the evil all by themselves, if distraction people shouldn't try to numb out and stay distracted all of the time, then what should we do? What should we do when we encounter some kind of evil in our life or in our world. Well, we uh, are actually not the, the first generation of Christians to wrestle with this. Uh, we talked about a group of Christians last week from the first century, and they actually wrestled with this exact same question. Uh, last week, we, we said that there was this group of Christians in uh, what is today Turkey, uh, back in the first century. They were facing some extreme persecution, financial persecution, social persecution, sometimes violent persecution. Uh, everywhere they looked, it felt like evil was winning. And in the midst of that, it was really taking a toll on their faith. And uh, just like us, some of those folks were determination people, and they were determined to overcome the, the evil. But in their situation, the evil was just more powerful than they were. And so those people very quickly fell into despair, which was not good. Uh, other people, uh, just like some of us, opted for distraction, and they were numbing out in ways that had become uh, un unhealthy. And so they, they had the same question that, that we have of, of what's missing in our response to the evil that is around us. 
Well, as they're wrestling with all of this, uh, we said last week there was this early uh, church leader named John, and John heard about their struggle, and John wrote them this letter to encourage them and to, to guide them as they were going through all of this. And uh, the letter that John wrote, we now call the book of Revelation. Well, here in chapter 5, uh, John is reminding those Christians, and John is reminding us of what's missing from our response to evil. And to, to make this point, uh, John tells us about this vision that he had. And so much of the book of Revelation is John sharing these different visions uh, with us. But in this vision, John says, I was praying one day uh, and suddenly I got this vision of heaven. And John says, I'm looking around heaven. And what do I see? I see uh, all of these different kinds of creatures. There's like heavenly creatures that I had never seen before. There were some earthly creatures that I did recognize. Just all of these, all of these creatures. And John said, I looked closer to see what they were doing. And it turns out all of these creatures were uh, surrounding the throne. They, they were gathered all around the throne of God. And John says, I listened and I could hear them singing. And here's the song that they were singing. This is Revelation 5 verse 13. They were singing, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one seated on the throne, that is God, uh, and to the Lamb, that's Jesus, uh, forever and always forever and always. Now, this is a pretty strange vision. A lot of John's visions that he tells us about in Revelation are, are quite strange. There's a lot that we could unpack here. But the bottom line, the bottom line is that this vision is all about worship. As John is helping us to think about how we should respond to evil, for some reason, John calls our attention to worship. He reminds us that worship is going on all the time in heaven and that here uh, on earth, it's important that when we face evil, we should join in with that heavenly worship. Now, to me, uh, initially, that seems like kind of an odd thing for John to say. I mean, of all of the things that John could emphasize uh, about how we should respond to evil as Christians, uh, it's, it's kind of odd that he would emphasize Worship. Why is that? Well, apparently, uh, to these first century Christians that he was originally writing to, uh, as they were going through such a hard time and facing all this persecution and, and hardship, uh, they were overwhelmed by it, they were discouraged by it, and as a result, uh, many of them had started to kind of drift away from the practice of coming together for worship. There were some of these folks who had just abandoned worship entirely. Uh, others of these folks had been regular worshipers, but then they stopped. They kind of started going more, more sporadically. And I think if we're honest, uh, many of us would say, hey, we get it, right? I mean, how many of us, if we're honest, we, we've woken up on a Sunday morning before and, and we're tired and we're worn out. It's been a long week. We got problems. We got a to-do list that, that is a mile long. And we can kind of find ourselves thinking, you know, I, I could make time for worship, but is that really going to help? You know, is that really going to make things any better? For, for determination uh, people, we, we might find ourselves asking, is, is worship really going to change anything? If we're distraction people, we, we might find ourselves thinking, you know, I'd, I think I'd rather just spend some time doing something more fun, something more relaxing than going to worship. It's, it's understandable. And those first century Christians, they were thinking some of the exact same things. So they had begun to, to drift away from worship. But what John is telling us here in Revelation 5 is he's saying, hey, I know this is countercultural, and I know that in so many ways this is counterintuitive, 
But when you are encountering some kind of evil, don't drift away from worship, but do the opposite. Instead, prioritize worship because worship, John says, is going to give you something that you desperately need. Whether you're a, a determination person or a distraction person or you kind of bounce back and forth between the two, worship is going to give you something that you simply can't get anywhere else. You know, when we worship, uh, we remember and we acknowledge who God is and what God has done and what God will do for us in the future. That, that's what worship is, is all about, celebrating who God is, what God has done, and what God will do for us. And as we do all of that, worship reminds us of the story that we're a part of. This is what we talked about last week. Worship reminds us specifically of how our story ends, that, that in those times when it feels like evil is winning, we know as Christians that there is a plot twist coming, and we know that because we already know how the story ends. We know that no matter what, in the end, evil doesn't win, but love wins. Love wins. And so when we come to, to worship, we're reminded of that important truth. And that gives us a, a perspective that makes all the difference for us. It gives us a perspective that we so often miss in the rest of our lives. It gives us a perspective that we need, and it makes such a huge difference. If we're determination people, uh, then we remember in worship that we don't have to defeat all the evil all by ourselves. You know, that, that burden gets removed from us. So that we can keep resisting evil, uh, not out of a sense of desperation, not as if it's all up to us, but with a sense of, of, of confidence, right? That, that we can uh, keep resisting evil. And even when progress is slow or, or non-existent, we don't have to despair. We certainly don't have to give up because we know that whether we're winning or not in any given moment, if we're resisting evil, we're, we're on the winning side always. And if we're distraction people... Uh, worship reminds us that we don't need to stay distracted all the time, that, that we can enjoy some distractions in, in healthy ways and avoid unhealthy ways, and, and we can celebrate the fact that one day we won't need any distractions, but because one day there's not going to be any more evil to be distracted from. Worship helps us to, to remember all of these things, and that's why John tells us, keep resisting evil. Keep taking breaks. Take your mind off of it sometimes in healthy ways. That, that's good too. But as you do that, John is telling us, don't forget to keep on worshiping. Keep on worshiping. As I was working on this sermon this week, uh, my mind just kept going back to uh, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. He's such a good example of this. I mean, here's a guy who was absolutely determined to resist evil. Obviously the evil of racism, but he resisted so many other forms of evil as well. And as he did that, uh, sometimes progress was very, very slow in the struggle. So sometimes progress seemed non-existent. And the obstacles that he faced, I mean, extraordinary obstacles. And on a daily basis, he was just coming face to face with the worst of humanity. I mean, hate, hostility, uh, uh, ill will, uh, violence. I mean, just the, the worst, the worst of humanity. And so I think it would have been understandable if, if he had fallen into a sense of despair in the face of all of that. And certainly I, I know he had some, some dark days, uh, and yet somehow Dr. King didn't give up 
right? And he didn't give in. So, so why? What sustained him? What kept giving him hope? What, what kept giving him the perspective that he needed to, to keep on going when the struggle was so, so hard? Well, one thing was worship. It was worship. You know, sometimes we forget that before Dr. King was this great civil rights leader, he was a pastor, and he was the son of a pastor. And part of what that means is that this was a guy who had spent a ton of time in worship. He spent a ton of time leading worship. And even after he stopped pastoring a specific congregation and, and he was just leading the, the civil rights movement, uh, he was still constantly going into churches where he would travel and, and he would lead worship there. Uh, he would lead worship during the marches, during the, the demonstrations. He would offer up prayers. Uh, he would lead worship songs. I mean, worship just like permeated his life. And the reason that he kept coming back to worship, the reason he made worship a priority in his own life and in the movement as well, is because Dr. King knew what John is trying to tell us in this passage, that worship just gives us something we can't get anywhere else. Worship reminds us of how the story ends. It reminds us of this great plot twist that is coming, and, and that perspective, it frees us to resist evil faithfully. It frees us to not despair. It frees us to, to have the hope that whatever evil we might be facing, no matter what, in the words of that great uh, civil rights anthem, we shall overcome. Right? It's not we might overcome. It's not we could possibly overcome. It's we shall overcome. That's a statement of faith. That's a statement of worship. And all of us need that affirmation over and over and over again. So whatever evil you may be struggling with, right now. You may be weighed down with the, the evil that you see in this world. You know, we've got wars and we've got inequities and, and injustices uh, all around us. Uh, maybe you're uh, struggling with some evil that's, that's more personal, more, more close to home. It could be uh, a health crisis or financial troubles or something related to your career or to your family. Whatever evil you're facing right now. John's message to us is, hey, keep resisting that. That's important. Keep resisting and also take some breaks to take your mind off of it in healthy ways. That, that's good too. But as you're doing all of that, John tells us, don't forget to keep on worshiping. Uh, get worship on your schedule. Make it a habit in your life. Make it a priority. Don't forget to keep on worshiping. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious God, loving God, uh, we are so, so grateful that you uh, love us, that you're committed to us, that you're present with us. Uh, God, you well know uh, just how broken this world can be. You know uh, just how messed up this world can sometimes be. You've experienced it yourself. You experience it together with us. And so we're so grateful that you're the kind of God who doesn't just abandon us to deal with all this on our own, but you over and over relentlessly come to be with us in the midst of the hardships and the trials that we face. Lord, we're so grateful for that. And we're also thankful that you're the kind of God who gives us a vision of where all of this is going. You've given us a vision of the end and a promise that no matter what in the end, all of this evil that we're carrying, all of this evil that we're facing, it will not win in the end, but love will win. God, we're so grateful for the gift of worship. 
that gives us a time and the space for, for us to come together to celebrate who you are and what you have done, to renew ourselves in the promise that you have given us, that love wins, not evil in the end. God, in those times when we're overwhelmed and discouraged and tired and, and we're tempted to kind of drift away from worship, God, help us to, to have the wisdom to, to make it a priority. Uh, keep us in that habit. And, and as we worship, God, keep showing up, keep encountering us, keep transforming our hearts and our minds so that we can be full of faith and full of hope as we continue to be the people that you've called us to be in this world. Uh, God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, friends, uh, thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, a few quick things here for you before uh, we go. If you're new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you, but I need your contact information in order to do that. So if you click connect in the description here, uh, leave me your information. I'll reach out to you this week. I'd love to say hey and uh, get to know you. Also, if you're local, we would love to see you in in-person worship. I know online worship is great and it's convenient in a whole lot of ways, uh, but there's no substitute for uh, getting in a room with each other and, and being face-to-face -face as we worship together. Uh, you can get on our website. It's kindrednc.church and get all the details about in-person worship. Uh, and finally, don't miss this week's newsletter, which is also linked in the description that has updates and ways for you to get involved. Uh, we've got a, a brewery hangout event at Highwire in Durham coming up later this month. You can get all the details about that and other stuff as well in the newsletter. Well, with that, uh, have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Listeners, this free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.